Hello and welcome to Bodyholic with D. This is episode number nine. If you're new to Bodyholic, allow me to introduce myself. My name is D. Katz Shahal, and I am a public health promoter. I've attained my MPH from Tel Aviv University on the research track. I am a fitness trainer with over 17 years of experience, and I hold specializations in corrective exercise, women's fitness, and Pilates. I am also the founder and trainer of Bodyholic, the global health and fitness platform and community, and I'm the author of Rip It Up For Good. This podcast is a part of my effort and mission as a public health professional because I believe that real science-based information and knowledge is power, and my job in this life is to empower you. I want you to have high and sustained energy throughout the day, and I want you to feel better than you have ever felt before, during, and after your workouts, in and out of your clothing, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. So today's episode is part three of a series devoted solely to types of hypertrophy, Basically, I have broken down the types of hypertrophy into three episodes that are quite short and super technical, and I present them to you with the hopes of making this scientific information clear and concise. I hold a very strong opinion that the basic scientific understanding of what goes on when we do certain things actually drives us to perform better. Before we dive into hypertrophy part three, I just want to ask you how your training is going. What does it look like right now? Do you work out in a gym? Do you train with a personal trainer? Do you do group fitness in a studio? Or are you like me, which means that you like to work out hyper-focused in the privacy of your own living room with minimal, minimal equipment? Personally, before I started Bodyholic, I didn't even think of what I was going to wear and it was just all about getting the workout in and training hard. So I was usually down to my underpants, but now the only thing that's changed is that I'm slightly more clothed, but I still stick very closely to the schedule and waste no extra time in the day and I have it all uploaded on to the bodyholic.fit site. So if you're training with me according to my schedule with a community of incredible human beings from around the world, and you might be interested in training with me, so check out bodyholic.fit. And I also want you to know that there are plenty of people who train on Bodyholic and do not actually follow my schedule and go right into the Pilates channel or only the Mindfulness Strength Flow channel, and it's all good. Either way, you're going to get quality, and good training in. Earlier in the series, we talked about how hypertrophy of the muscle is actually a super duper complicated process that is still being deeply studied. There are actually a few approaches regarding muscle hypertrophy until this very day. So it's now the beginning of 2023 and about 12 years ago, Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, who is a highly regarded scholar in the realm of strength and conditioning research, presented three theories of muscle growth. These theories are divided into the following groups. One, mechanical tension. Two, muscle damage. Three, metabolic stress. 
as we've discussed in part one, mechanical tension is highly backed up by evidence, more than the two other theory groups. But muscle damage seems to have a role, and so does metabolic stress. But what exactly that role is, is in fact a source of debate among scholars. Now, I mention this because it is important to note that this series is based on the top study published in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research by Dr. Schoenfeld titled, The Mechanisms of Muscle Hypertrophy and Their Application to Resistance Training. So we know that muscle growth requires major dedication, major repetition, and a ton of patience just for us to begin to notice visual increases in the muscle mass. And unfortunately, that can be pretty frustrating for a lot of people. And a lot of people call it quits when it comes to their attempts to reach fitness and health goals. So if not for any other reason, I think today's episode and the last episodes in the series are super important so we can understand the muscle hypertrophy process and then come to some conclusions regarding recommendations. And also, as I've mentioned before, the more science you know regarding your health and fitness, the probability of you performing better and staying consistent with your workouts goes way up. In previous episodes, we have discussed the complex anatomy of the muscle. We also discussed satellite cells and how they are actually a great contributor to muscle hypertrophy. And we mentioned the three primary types of hypertrophy defined in the literature. They are myofibrillar, sarcoplasmic, and connective tissue hypertrophy. Today, we will discuss connective tissue hypertrophy. Connective tissue hypertrophy has been defined by Schoenfeld and his colleagues as an increase in the volume of the extracellular matrix, otherwise known as ECM, which goes hand in hand with an increase in mineral and or protein abundance. I want to be very, very clear here regarding what connective tissue is, because I know that upon hearing the term connective tissue, our minds usually go to ligaments that connect bone to bone and or tendons that connect muscle to bone. In today's episode, I'm discussing the connective tissue layers that envelop each level of the muscle tissue bundles. This is what connective tissue hypertrophy is all about. Why is this so crucial to me that you get this? Because the muscle connective tissue takes up about 20% of the muscle tissue itself. And there is strong research from back in 2004 that shows the interaction between the ECM and muscle cells during development. So if you Google connective tissue hypertrophy, you will not find the mass of material that you will find when you look up myofibrillar and sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. But I believe it's very important and it's an important part of the equation because it's extremely important when it comes to muscle function and muscle health. It is actually what grants the muscle tissue a strong infrastructure and stability. Simply put, the muscle is held by this connective tissue. And in addition to that, it's also the elastic component of the muscle. This means it allows for force distribution and stretching properties. 
I'm hoping for more research and I'm hoping that more studies will be held on this topic regarding not only hypertrophy, but also the flexibility of the connective tissue. Something to think about. So this super short episode wraps up our hypertrophy definition series or If you want to call it Hypertrophy 101, I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) And on this note, I will mention that the focus of the podcast of the upcoming four episodes will be on longevity, and I'm super excited about that. We will have two excellent guests on the podcast regarding the topic of longevity, and I am not going to lie, I'm itching to tell you more and more and more, but I'm going to keep it together and wait until you sit back and enjoy the upcoming episodes. Oh, And folks, if you enjoyed today's episode and felt you benefited from it, please let me know. Let other people know so that they can benefit from it as well. Sharing is caring. Actually, it is word of mouth that is the major game changer. And if we can help someone else and increase his or her quality of life by just saying, check out this podcast, well, then how awesome is that? When I Both know that making lifestyle changes may seem daunting at first, but it is all about going slow and going small. I know you've got this. Feel free to reach out for more support requests and or questions on Bodyholic on Instagram or www.bodyholic.fit. That's F-I-T. I answer every single message, even if it takes me a while to respond. Thank you so much for joining today's discussion and I'll see you next time.